You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. And I am your host, Rick Franzi. We have an outstanding show planned for you. Why do you ask? Because we have a great guest. His name is JJ Wenrick, and he is not only an entrepreneur and president of his company, he's also a published author. His company is Tax Pros Plus Investing. JJ, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Rick. I appreciate it. So so let's Let's start with you talking a bit about your entrepreneurial venture and your journey that you're on to become what you are today. How did that start? Yeah, you know, I actually did start as a bit of an entrepreneur right out of college. Um, and even in college, I, I painted houses, had my own painting business. So I, you know, I tended to like to spend money. So I felt like I better work hard so that I had money to spend. And so, uh, but my first real entrepreneurial jump was right out of college i was a financial advisor right out of school and did that for about seven years and then sold that business that's how i met my wife jody we've been married for almost 21 years now uh, we were both financial advisors and then you know, as we sold that practice and i went into the corporate world i had vowed never again i you know that's enough sleepless nights that's enough you know wondering how things are going to turn out i'm going to go ahead and find some stability and uh it's funny how how we forget Right. Um, but so then, you know, fast forward to about 2019 and my corporate career had progressed pretty well, but I had decided I got this bug to write the book that, um, that we'll talk about. Um, and it, and it intended it for be to be just kind of a side hustle, something that I, I did, um, just, just to, um, try to get it out there and it's related to personal finance. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I think that in the back of my head, I knew that you know I might be making a change in the next couple of years, and so felt like um, as as I make the change, I felt like that this book would be a good bridge to whatever was next. And so it's kind of in the back of my head as I was writing the book. But there's also you know, I was frustrated at the job I was in. I wasn't really having fun anymore, um, and could see that okay, if I don't make a change, I'm you know I'm I'm not going to be very happy. And so I wasn't necessarily trying to make a change at the time, but I took some of that angst and put that into the energy of writing the book. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I was like, all right, well, let me, let me just put that frustration aside and get to work. And so, you know, fast forward to um, 2019, and I was, I guess, forced a little bit to move into the entrepreneurial world, maybe quicker than I thought I was going to, because so. My, my book, it, it's called Teaching Kids to Buy Stocks, Stories and Lessons for Grownups. And I'm in the investment business. And mm -hmm. I, that's where I was in the corporate world. And I had to have a side hustle like that that's in somewhat investment related. I had to have that approved through compliance. And the company I was at, they said, no side hustles. We're not going to let you do that. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll just put it on the shelf and I'll do it another time. But that wasn't sitting right. I wasn't feeling like what I wanted to, wanted to do. And so I just decided one day, I said, you know what? I'm not going to let them tell me no. I'm going to make a change. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I'll maybe I find another job. Maybe I do open up my own firm because I'd always been itching to maybe do it again. But one thing I knew I wasn't going to do was um, go back into work. <laughs> I was 
done working with a company that told me, no, we don't want you to build something for financial education for, for young people. Uh, and so I said, hey, all right, well, I'll figure out what's next. You know, I've been saving since I was in my 20s. I've been investing. And I thought, you know, I didn't save and invest so that I had to live my life on someone else's terms. Right. I'll, I'll make the jump. And, you know, sometimes you just, you know, I, I like to skateboard and I, my, my kids like to skateboard. And sometimes I tell my daughter, you just got to do it scared. Sometimes you just got to do it scared. <laughs> and so that's what we did. We were scared out of our minds, but we did it anyway. Yeah, that's that's an amazing story. And uh, I'm so glad we started the interview with that because I get an insight into who you are a little bit deeper, which is great. So let's let's talk about you as an entrepreneur, because you've recently been involved in a merger and the firm is now tax pros plus investing. What was the motivation to create that merger and to merge with that firm? Yeah. So kind of the way it worked out is when I initially published the book in 2019, I took about half a year and just focused on that. And then in 2020, I opened up my own firm, Winrick Wealth, and grew you know nicely uh, from, from the beginning. And I had a small acquisition along the way and, and, and um, acquired a, another advisor's uh, business, and he's stayed on with me. And then it would have been about May of just this past year, um, Tax Pros Plus is a tax prep business in San Clemente that has just built a stellar uh, reputation. They do, um, you know, well over uh, 1,800 tax returns a year. It's a great business, um, well known in the community. And one of the three owners is just everywhere. You can't miss her. She's at every chamber event. And so I'd been networking with her. I'd sent clients to her. She had sent clients to me. And I would just try to follow Vicky around at every networking event because I knew that she could, she would just introduce me. She's more social than me. And so she would just introduce me. And so in May, I, bu I booked coffee with her with the idea in my head to pitch them on joining our businesses that, hey, what if you did investing as well? And little did I know that she had the same idea in her head. And so we're, you know, kind of sitting, you know, chatting it around. And I realized in my head, wait, she has the same idea as me. And so from there, we quickly put, started to put everything together and we've been merging it into uh, what is two businesses, Tax Pros Plus Investing and Tax Pros Plus. And so that's, uh, yeah, that's um, how that merger came about is us recognizing that there was a lot of synergy there, that clients would appreciate being able to just go to one place to, to get both services. And a little bit of insight in my corporate career I worked for a mutual fund company and my clients were financial advisors like I am now. Mm. And some of my key clients, some of my key firms were advisors who also did taxes. Maybe it was a CPA that decided to get an investment license and then they were able to see that growing by having both businesses. And so I knew a lot of people that had, had grown that way. And so I'd always, that's part of why I was seeking out Vicky to begin with is I wanted to find a tax practice to merge with as an investment business, because I wanted to have, uh, you know, frankly, what I call an unfair advantage of, of, you know, knowing their situation, seeing their tax return, and being able to see if they're missing something. Find out, you know, you could be, you could be doing a step IRA, but you're just doing a traditional IRA. Maybe we could be, you know, keeping some of that money instead of sending sending it to the government. Those feel like. Uh two critical areas for whether it's an individual, whether it's a business owner, whatever, um, marrying their investment portfolio and strategies with their tax preparation and tax planning are should be, I, I, I can see the value of having that under one roof where that information is shared in common 
so that you see a more holistic picture of what the person's financial outlook is. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, and anybody that I, I've worked with, I'm often interacting with their tax professional. If they have a CPA, you know, I usually have to get their number and have a conversation. And, you know, I'm looking at their tax returns anyway. So clients appreciate that rather than waiting for me to play phone tag with, you know, some CPA around, you know, across town, it's, you know, my partner Brenda is saying, hey, what do you, you know, Joe and Susie, you know, what are you doing with their, uh, with their SEP IRA so that I can finish up their return? Yeah, because it, it can be where the tax as the tax preparation aspect is done in arrears. It's sort of like the year is over. Let's collect all the receipts. And truly, especially for people who are small business owners, et cetera, that should be as tied to your investment strategies as possible because you have ways of helping them if you have the time to implement, right? There's only certain things you can do after the year ends to help them sort of catch up or at least lower their tax advantage. Nope, you're absolutely right. And it's just, um, you know, having it timely and, and, and not waiting and being able to proactively plan for it so that you're, um, the stuff that needs to happen year end, you can. And then like a lot of business owners, the stuff that's waiting until that second extension that, you know, you're, you're out there uh, <laughs> doing it at the last minute. But, um, but at the same time, it's nice to be able to do that. And you might not be able to scramble and do it if you didn't have it under one roof. Right. I think this is a, it's great to have it together. I see your point of it being maybe an unfair advantage because again, it's mind share with the client. You're really providing, I think one plus one might equal more than two in this yep. area if you do it in a coordinated manner. Yep. That's, that's the vision. All right. Well, I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. If, uh, if we could turn our attention to the what I think of as wealth management field, the investing side of the tax pro plus investing. Now you've been in this field for quite a while, 20 plus years. I'm just wondering, you know, looking back over the arc of the industry and the sector, what from your perspective has changed? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question. And my my first initial reaction was just more broad based, which would be the technology and its role within how the consumer interacts with the, you know, either their own investments or if they're using a professional, how they do that. Um, I think it is easier for the consumer to educate themselves and do things on their own than maybe it was 20 years ago because of technology and maybe just because, you know, it's easier to educate yourself because of, of the internet, YouTube and things like that. You know, the, the flip side of that is it can be overwhelming and daunting to right. shift through like, is this good advice or bad advice? It's on YouTube. I don't know. Um, so the biggest change has probably been technology. Has it really changed behavior? You know, I think it has, there's more of a focus on fees and transparency. And so if I really you know, get a little bit more granular, what has changed within the business? There's no question. The biggest change has been the move from transition, I'm sorry, transactional business to what's called fee-based business. And this is getting in the weeds a little bit inside baseball in terms of how the investment advisory business is structured. but you know, 25 years ago, there was a lot more brokerage business. And now there's a lot more investment advisory business. And your basic consumer has no idea what the difference is. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe most of your listeners are going, what's he talking about? I don't even know the difference. But inside, inside it, it's getting paid by the transaction or getting paid a fee based on the balance of the account. And those are kind of the two basic compensation structures for investment advisors. And um, you've seen much, you've seen a shift away from that transit transactional based towards just, you know, 
there's no cost to move in or out. It's a flat fee and, or a percentage-based fee. And you know most of the assets have moved that direction. And part of that has been the onset of ETFs and exchange trade funds. That's probably um, just as big of a thing as just how we've seen so much money move out of uh, mutual funds and into exchange traded funds. Um, yeah, that that has been a seismic change in people's awareness. You know, a lot of times things happen in industries because of bad behavior or media and pressure. And so that happens across a lot of industries. But uh, yeah, I, I see the move to a wealth advisor in a fee-based system as being something that's really powerful and, and seismic in your industry. I'm wondering as an entrepreneur, where are you going to access entre other entrepreneurs who have insights and experiences that are helping you to kind of build the business in the new image that you see it to be? Yeah, no, that's a, it's a good question. And for me, I've had the good fortune that my previous career, that, that middle ground of my career, I was calling on other financial advisors. And so I've maintained a pretty good network of friends mm -hmm. from those years. And I try to get together for lunch and coffee with, you know, a dozen or so of them on a regular basis and you know, keep in touch with a lot of my old colleagues uh, over the phone. Um, and so it's really what I guess you could call it competitors, but it's such a big world. The chance of us ever going head to head are pretty small. Uh, but it, it's, you know, peers and competitors in the business. Um, and then also some just uh, more the, the uh, idea sharing groups that are out there that I found via Twitter. Um, there's a gentleman by the name of Michael Kitsies who puts out some great information on a podcast level for financial advisors. Um, so that's one network from the, the just running the business standpoint. But then I've also you know, spent 20 years putting together my investment network as well as the people I go to for investment advice and portfolio management and, um, and you know, economics and things like that. So it's, it's really kind of two networks that I, that I try to pull from because there's there's the running the business and trying to make sure that we're out there. And then there's also doing a good job for people and making sure that if there's, you know, there's ways that we can uh, try to find an edge that we do it. Yeah. I, uh, your profession, I think requires a constant learner's mentality because every day is new and exciting and you need to stay current because your clients are depending on your ability to explain things that they hear or they read. So that's fantastic that, you stay on that. You're a published author. You know, you, you mentioned your book in 2019. You, you published Teaching Kids to Buy Stocks, Stories and Lessons for Grownups. What's the, what are the big ideas contained in your book? Yeah. So the premise of the book, it's the finance book for somebody that knows they should probably learn some stuff, but really don't want to read a finance book. And so the premise is to make it simple and easy to learn the basics of personal finance, the basics of of stock picking if you really want to go down that road, but do it in a manner where you don't feel like you're reading a finance book, where it, it reads more like a what I call a mom a mom book or a dad book. Um, it I tell tell stories and try to make you laugh. I don't know if the jokes uh, <laughs> land or not, but I certainly try. Um, and and it's been well received. You know the 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 whole kind of way it happened was from me talking to my kids about investing as they were growing up. But also talking to financial professionals and their clients and finding out that, all right, we need to simplify the language. And once we do, then people can hear what you're actually saying and learn from you. But if you start with that, with, you know, language that they don't even know, 
you, know, you lose them right out the gate. And so that was the idea of just showing parents, hey, you probably know more than you realize. And if you do nothing else, just talk to your kids about money. You know, here's a few tricks. You know, even if it's just watching Shark Tank with your kids, hmm. you know, that'll have a profound effect on how they look at businesses. And you never know when they're, you know, negotiating a business. They're, you know, ideal when they're in their 20s or 30s. Maybe they think back to what, you know, running those numbers while watching Shark Tank in their head. So, um, just wanted to get parents and teachers talking about money and thinking about it, but not be intimidated by it was the main thing. Just want to take down some of that wall of intimidation. So I know the book came out in 2019, but I'm wondering, JJ, from the time you had the idea, hey, I, I think I can write a book, to when you actually held that book in your hand, how, how much time elapsed? How long did it take? So from idea to first draft was about 14 months. Mm-hmm. Um, from first typed word to finished, it, it was, it was um, about 12 months. Um, but it was pretty and a pretty intense twelve months. I um, I was spending almost every free moment that I had where I wasn't either parenting or working. I was writing. So. I applaud you on your commitment. Um, I I have talked with many a folk who believe they have a book in them, and then I've talked to a much smaller group of people who have actually published the bo- the book because the process of going from what you think you know that is a book to actually getting a book written can be a lot of pressure on the author and take a lot of time, especially when you consider my words are going to be read by a lot of people and sort of this is part of your legacy. I'm sure you took it very seriously in the endeavor of writing the book. No, absolutely. And you, and you would know something about that. So um, with, uh, with, with your experience and in, in your career. Um, and yeah, it's absolutely true. And where you start and where you finish isn't um, the same as, as what I discovered and had, had heard. Um, but um, I, you know, I had good help. I, I did have an editor that really I uh, leaned on heavily mm-hmm. and challenged me. And so really thankful for Bruce and what he did for me. And then my poor wife, she, <laughs> I don't think she wanted to read it once, but she read that book so many times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you have to have a sounding board somewhere. Does this make sense? If quick questions? Yes. No, I, my wife, my wife has been my guinea pig for many of my projects. You know, a lot of times authors, they're, th- they're enthusiastic about writing the book. And when they put down their first set of thoughts, what I've heard is, and what I've experienced is that that first draft isn't very compelling. It isn't what you had envisioned. And many people stop there. But right. what it, what you probably have found is you've got to keep refining it and building it and becomes an organic process, right? It's, it's putting yourself on paper in many ways. Yeah, and, and what was unanticipated is just the, the overwhelming of being able to see so many pages at once. You know, my book mm-hmm. was less than 200 pages, but it, it's overwhelming because you're trying to go paragraph by paragraph, but just trying to organize it to where um, you can see it. I mean, I remember one time I just printed the whole thing out just so I could lay it out on the table. Like, well, does this look better here or there? (laughs) Yes. So I hopefully this part of the conversation inspires anybody that's listening to us who thinks they can write a book to realize it's probably not going to be an overnight thing. But when you're done, the sense of fulfillment and probably your children grabbing your book and saying, my dad wrote this is, is well worth the time invested. Yeah, it's, it's been a very rewarding process. And probably the thing that I didn't anticipate is how many people I've met 
because mm-hmm. of it. Yes. And so it's, it's been, uh, it's, it's been a very, uh, um, it's, it's a hard thing and it ended up forcing a lot of change on our lives, but we're glad we went through it as we've come out the other side. Yes, yes, yes. So you deserve all the credit in the world for getting your book out. And we're going to talk about how people can buy it in a minute. But before we get there, let's talk about your business again. And what's the vision for the future of your firm? Yeah, no, and this all brings, it brings it all together. And the book is part of it. Um, our vision is to be a resource in the community, both you know for the investing, for uh, tax services, but also for education. We really want to be a pillar where uh, we're in the schools doing classes. I do a lot of classes on my own via Zoom. I've been invited to do you know different classes with different organizations and in some of the schools. But we want to expand that as we've joined forces. I've you know, got some uh, resources behind me. I've got some people behind me. It's been just myself and, and my wife helping me out uh, for the last four years. But um, my team here at Tax Pros plus investing, they are, they believe in the vision of helping educate people. And so making it so it's not so intimidating to get your taxes done. So intimidating to, to admit that, hey, I don't know everything. I could use some help investing and I probably should have started, but I want to go somewhere where I'm not going to get shamed for not starting now and where they're going to talk to me like I, like I don't understand it, but not like I'm stupid. Um, you know, there's a difference between simplifying it and, and, and treating people like they're dumb. So that's our vision is just to be everywhere and to dominate market share in San Clemente and South County for both taxes and, and investment, uh, but also be that firm that everybody knows, oh, they're the ones that taught my, you know, they're the ones that taught my, um, my teenager how to, uh, um, how to do the, you know, open his Roth IRA. You can never start early enough to learn about the things that you guys know based on the industry you're in. I think the financial literacy of many Americans is is in an in, in desperate need of an education. I think that is, uh, unfortunately, it shows up in how well people have planned for their second part of their life, their retirement, versus you know what they haven't done. And it's never too late to plan for your retirement, ladies and gentlemen. But time is certainly your friend if you can plan as early as possible. Is that a? I'm not a financial advisor, but that's just sort of my experience as a person. Yeah, you're you're better off doing a little bit early than doing a lot later, because you can't make up time. You can't make up time, and even in yes, and so there's hopefully a lot of people that are listening that are looking at you know even if it seems like it's a long time away, you know it's 30 years, 40 years, 20 years, 10 years. It can come fast, uh, believe me, and you want to be prepared for that. So working with a professional is, is really valuable. So if someone would like to connect with you on LinkedIn or learn more about your firm, how do they do that, JJ? Yeah, so you can find us on the web at taxprosplusinvesting.com. I am on LinkedIn, JJ Wenrick, and you'll you'll find me. And then we also have our financial education stuff on the web at teachingkids2buystocks.com. Is that where you would say people should go if they want to buy the book as well? You can find the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you like to buy books. But we do put all the links on the website as well if you want to just go straight to it. That's fantastic. Well, I want to thank you for being a guest on the show today. I've thoroughly enjoyed our time together. I really appreciate you having me. And uh, congratulations on everything that you've done and for being the, the longest standing uh, show out there. So that's, that's quite an accomplishment. 
Thank you. Let's thank the audience for being part of, as you said, Orange County's longest running business talk show. JJ's episode was episode number 1,404 in our catalog. If you're an Orange County entrepreneur and you'd like to tell your story, then connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I, which coincidentally is the same as my website, rickfranzi.com. And until the next time we have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions We'll move your company in a positive direction.